This is Fine Tornation. Fine Tornation. This is every kid's this dream. Is every kid's dream. Bottom of the ninth. Bottom Base is loaded. Base three two counts. Three two counts. Never again will you see Never a player again. this good. Hey, what's up, Pine Tar Nation? This is your host, Gonzo, with your co-host, Ricky V. Say what's up. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, so this is our second episode. You know, we got our jitters out in the first episode, so we're ready to roll. In this episode, we want to talk about uh, a lot of these youngsters, right? And um, obviously, it happened about a week or two weeks ago. Uh, Tatis Jr. signed the mega deal of 14 years at $340 million dollars. You know, there, I have so many things to say about this actual contract deal uh, on both sides, Tatis side and the Padres side. But let's listen to see see what you have to say about it. I, I like this deal for the Padres. Um, obviously, it comes down to where can Tatis stay healthy for this long, right? Um, you never know. It could. What if this year, like, he just gets hurt and it's never the same again. Now he's not that superstar player again. Like, obviously. Well, well the, that that's what benefits Tatis, right? Yes, That's of the course. reason he signed it. Of course. But if he does continue this path that he's on right now, it is a steal. A steal for the Padres. Oh, and hell yeah. Big time. So that's what I mean. That's what I mean by that. Also, of course, uh, for Tatis, if he does get hurt and then he's not playing at that level anymore and you know, they, they end up trading him. Like, at the end of the day, he's going to benefit him because this is guaranteed money. He's going to get this money. There's no way. There's no, I believe there's no, uh, like, a void contract or anything like that. So You know you and, know what I found weird? What I, what I found weird is that Tatis Jr. himself, his agency, didn't grab a opt-out option. You know, yeah. because if he was 28 going into free agency, playing the at the level he's playing now, Think about how much money he would get at the age 29. Now he has oh, no choice. Yeah, he's playing he, through his age 34, 35 season, you know? I, I think I think he's, yeah, pretty pretty much until the point where, like, if he does re-sign for a team, it's going to be, like, two, three years max, four yeah, years. Yeah, and I, I mean, if he phenomenal. plays out if he plays out his career in San Diego, I don't see why he would go somewhere else anyways. So he would probably just get an extension. But I just found it really weird that his agency didn't get an opt-out clause after maybe even his 30th year, you know, after he, well, he turned 30, really, get a really think clause. about it, if you really think about it, I love, I mean, it is San Diego and it's very nice over there. I've been there. It's very nice. Um, the weather is always good. And to be honest, I mean, maybe he's just like, you know what? I want to be here. I, I like it here. Maybe that's just one of those scenarios. I mean, no, I get it. I like it. I like it. Look, Tatis, make sure he made guaranteed money. Which is nothing wrong with it, but in the in the other aspect is he's a star player. He's not a player that's gonna 
unless like you said unless he gets hurt which that's what he did he got guaranteed money in case something happened right which he's providing for his family he's providing for everything that he probably grew up wanting to do he he right. made sure that happened now um i just i just don't i just don't like that he didn't do an opt-out that's it but you know regardless mm -hmm. that well, deal maybe. is giving him his money you know and also uh, i don't know if you knew this or not um back when he was a rookie um playing in the minor leagues he made a deal with some agency I forgot this name of his agency but they gave him a, some sort of of an advance but with that advance um he was they were going to grab if he signs any deal he was they were going to grab like a, a small percentage of this deal so since he signed this mega deal for what was it 340 million well that agency just made about 40 million out of that 300 million so the tease is not the tease is not getting 340 million he's getting 300 million pretty much because he has to get those other million because he got that advance and i forgot how the amount of the advance um but um yeah he has to pay them back and that agency cashed in now a question tatis got his money the padres got a star player they they any anybody wants a star player like tatis but what about the, the white Sox? you know they traded him away for a james shields <laughs> you know what about them how are they feeling right now? Well, um, okay. It sucks because if I was a White Sox fan right now, and James Shields not even playing, Tatis is a new up and rising star. Um, isn't he? Isn't he on the on the on the cover of MLB The Show coming up? I think it was. Yeah, I think. And he is. and um, by the way, by the way, MLB The Show is now on Xbox. Just yeah, yeah, you, you best believe know. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get the Jackie oh, Robinson yeah. edition. But anyways, oh, yeah, for sure. uh, away from that, um, just the fact that this guy, since he's came up, has pretty much just been this phenomenal player, and then knowing that the White Sox are rebuilding, have rebuilt, and are a competitor now, and knowing that they could have Tatis in their lineup right now, it's it's crazy. It but you, you know, but at the same time, you you never know with the prospect. You never know. Is it's you really feel bad? Like when they traded for James Shields at that time, they needed somebody like James Shields. And and I don't know if you ever read reports on Tatis Jr. when he was first coming up. They saw the potential, but he still needed a lot of work to do. And I mean, but that's what every prospect, like you said, exactly, with prospects exactly. you have no idea. You you, have no you idea. never know. Like you never know. And it just happens to be that Tatis just became this player, and James Shields is I don't know where he's at right now. So it's probably at home eating hot dogs. I don't know. But hey, but not to take anything away from the White Sox because I think their team is is on the way up as well. So, um, yeah. but it does it does hurt seeing Tatis Jr. Yeah. sign this contract and become this player he is. Well deserved contract for him for sure. Um, but let's talk about another young star. Um, his name is uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., right? Mm -hmm. He there's reports that he lost 40 pounds, 40. And I don't yes. know if you've seen him play, but he was a big dude. And uh, not, not that you can't play as a big dude, but you know he lost 40. That's a lot, 40 pounds. Now, who knows what that's gonna do, right? Not only is he, maybe he's more agile, but do you think that takes away from the style of player he was? I think okay. Well, if, if you remember um, the reason. At this offseason, 
right? Just this offseason alone, the Blue Jays were looking into Justin Turner. Why? Because they knew that Vlad Jr. Um, wasn't the third baseman they thought he was going to be because he was he was chubby. I mean, he could have played it, but they they want a real legitimate third baseman, not just yeah. His somebody his defensive DH. stats were not the yes. best, but but Vlad Guerrero Jr. is a DH. Like that's that's one of his positions as well. Being yes, in the but he, League. but he also said that he wants to play the, the third base. Oh so yeah, and I like that. I like that competitive so, nature. Somebody so young to say like, okay, I'll just play DH is like that's not good. You could play DH once you get to the age thirty plus, right? You could play. Like, oh, okay, you know what? I'm DH from now on. But at such a young age to be a DH and only a DH, that's not good, especially for baseball. You should be one of those young stars that plays third base. Like thirty years from now, it could have been like, oh, I remember when that super young team where you have Vlad Gamir at, at third. And uh, you got the T's at short. You have uh, Gavin at second. You, you have all these guys that young stars that came up that made this team. Now, to say, oh, Blankridge is, oh, yeah, he's a really good player. What position does he play? DH. It's just, it's not enough. So yeah, I'm, no. I'm pretty sure he took it upon himself to say, I'm going to lose this weight and I'm going to become this athletic machine not just a home run machine athletic machine because that's what pretty much i don't know if you know that's what baseball is transitioning to is being athletic no and i like it i like it i like the competitiveness right he ain't gonna let somebody take his position you know just the idea if if the blue jays organization told me hey we're looking for a third baseman like that that's a hit towards you as a player like you're like no you're not gonna take my position so you got to do something about it and he is and luckily he's doing it now rather than later right he's doing it now and um, yeah, I, I, I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing if he competes for the third spot. And I think it's pretty cool. I don't know if you noticed, but in the Blue Jays, you got ju- juniors all over the place. You got Vlad yes. Jr., you got Bachetti, you got BGO over there in second base. Like, And they're all up-and-coming stars. They're not just, you know, sons of ex-pro baseball players. They're actually legit players. Yes, so that's going to be a, fun to watch over there, too. I think the Blue Jays are going to be fun to watch overall. That's oh, yeah. For a while, for a while, if you have all these young guys. Well, we've seen this before too, right? Yes. It's going to be fun to watch, but, you know, hopefully they keep doing the right moves. And I think that's what every organization, right? Because as soon as there's a couple bad seasons and a couple players don't pan out, a couple prospects don't pan out, somebody gets injured, they start trading off their their top prospects. And I think that's sad to watch. It's part of the baseball um, thing, but at the same time, you know, I hope they stay healthy. I hope they produce. I hope they keep making the right acquisitions in the starting staff in the bullpen and and have them be competitive yeah i mean the last time the blue jays um were competitive and you know we're doing some really good runs is when batista hit that walk off well actually no it was not a walk off but he did the bat flip of the century and um after that it kind of just went down and now that's when that's when up. Batista, that's when Batista, Edwin and Carcion were there, yeah. and they were like in their prime. And Tulo, and when Tulo was there. Yeah, Tulo. Um, actually, um, two. Yeah, Tulo. He. I mean, let's not even get into Tulo, man. He was one of the best shortstops. I mean, he had a span of incredible baseball, and he's one of those stories where he just got hurt. It's crazy. Yeah, he's gonna be. That's that's high feel. That's how I feel about Aaron Judge, to be honest. It's just no. I, I, he, when was the last time he played a full season? Rookie yeah, year. Yeah, but yeah, look but, what he did his rookie year. 
We're talking about somebody that has the, the potential, the potential to break the 800 home runs. That's how I see him. The point is, he has to play more games than he's playing right now. I, I think I think hurt. Judge. I think Judge. Um, I think it passed that, right? I think he's not going to hit 800. But just that's because the, I, I think he's like 26 well, now. Yeah. But but see but see I don't think Evan Judge is there on the injury list. You know I don't think he's there where he's not going to come back and play good. I think in the, the other hand Stanton I think he was on a on a road to greatness stat wise and then he went with the Yankees and he still hasn't been able to play a full season. I think he's a, a worse story than than Judge, especially how yes. Stanton has a contract, right? It's just it's just in my opinion. I love to see Giancarlo Stanton hit a home run. Oh, yeah. To me, it's the, one of the most beautiful things. Like, when he hits a home run, nobody runs to, like, oh, maybe I could catch it on the wall. Nobody does that. They just look. And each home run that he hits, it's just like, boom. You know it's a home run. You don't oh, second yeah. guess it. You don't think about it. It's a home run. And it's just like, you know, who would have thought? I mean, like, his last best best years when he hit, what, was it 60-some home runs? And then just since then, just everything just went down. And he wasn't a pace. He could have been in a pace to hit 600 for sure. Um, at least five. I'm pretty sure he still has the ability to hit over five. But he could have been he could have been one of those small key players that hits over six for sure. But but at the end of the day, is always the same. And, and when the injuries start happening... And they continue to happen year in and year out. That's when you start questioning: Is he yeah. going to be on the field? And as a Yankee uh, fan, as a Yankee um, teammate, you want to see them on the field. You have to I, see them. Honestly, on the field. yeah, I think honestly it gets to the point where like, okay, if you want Stan on the field, you might want to just consider putting him in the DH and use his bat. You well, he does. Well do he that. does. He does get on the DH. Uh, he does yeah, use the DH, so but I think they should build that. But his contract, know. yeah, but his contract is not built for him to be a DH. And yeah, but, but, but what's more important though? What, what is more important? Utilize what you have to the best of the ability so you can win a championship ring. You're playing for the Yankees. That's all that matters. And if you're paying that much money for a DH, but he's healthy, then it's worth it. I think they use a DH with him to get him to be healthy enough to play the field. You know, to give him rest here and there. But I think Stan should be on the field. I don't think he should be at only strictly DH. Um, you know, you, you don't pay that money for somebody like that. And not and you have to understand, too, is that Stan, he's good enough to be on the field. And now, if you're just trying to protect him and trying to baby him into just DHing because you don't want him to get hurt, I mean, I don't know. In that case, the DH in the National League should have been applied a long time ago, right? Well, that's what they're fighting for, but... Okay, if you ask me, and I was if I was running the Yankees, and they had the opportunity to have at least four legit outfielders, when you traded for Giancarlo Stanton, you didn't trade him because this guy had a cannon at right field and was a really good outfielder. You got him because he batted over 300, had over 100 RBIs, and he had 60 something home runs. That's what you're getting. Well, you're I, don't I don't know. I don't know what the con the con the type of contract that you're trading for you want everything there you want him to be the right fielder that he is because he well, is yes. a legit right fielder well yes at that time at that time not yeah right but now. you didn't know but you didn't know you didn't know he was gonna oh, not play the knows. full season it's the same thing well, that's what i mean about. you never know a prospect somebody could just all of a sudden like like uh let's talk mookie betts 
Mookie Betts just signed with the Dodgers. They won a World Series. This year, he could slide and break up ankle. And now, he's he does not that player anymore. You never hey, know. Hey, hey, hey. Now, come what? Because we need these players playing. Hey, as a baseball fan, the more players that are superstars playing, the better for the sport. The more revenue comes in because these players need to be seen. That's, and that's what I'm saying. So, But nobody wants to see Jaron Carlos catch a fly ball. They want to see him hit it out of Yankee Stadium. That's what I'm thanks saying. Thanks, no. Have you seen those highlights where John Carlos is diving for the ball or throw somebody out? You want to yes, see that. Yes, that was, that was like 19-something. That. That, that doesn't even matter anymore. That doesn't no, matter yes, anymore. Yes, it should. It's it all should. about With that contract, you should. It's all about the home runs when it comes to Stanton. It's not about his fielding anymore. And you might as well just go get another outfielder, put him in a DH, and let him do his thing with the bat. That's it. There's nothing I, else I don't he can think, do. I don't think that's what they're planning, though. I mean, I don't know. I'm they not in the, in the table listening to them talk, but I don't think that's what they're planning to do. I would. That's just me. Uh, Stan is too valuable to the game and to the Yankees not to have him back. If he plays right field once in a while, cool. Let him play right field. But you need him to swing that bat. You need him to put fear in pitchers. Not because he's playing right field. It's because he's batting. I mean, just think about think of the... Um... The picture, right? You have Giancarlo's and Judge batting in a playoff game or in a World Series game. That is, that's super exciting. Anybody yes. would want to watch that. No, of course. But I wouldn't be mad if he's not playing right field. <laughs> no, I, I guess not. Not in the situation where you have a, a good enough defender. If you have a good enough defender, right? Yeah. You don't just put him at DH if you well, don't yeah, have Well, yeah, you're just not going to sign. You're, you're not just going to go like, oh, you know, you can play right field? Yeah, okay, go. No, of course. You go sign somebody not too expensive, just somebody that can you know that could play right field and get some good at bats and boom, okay. Not everybody can be a superstar on the team, but you know, somebody that could play right field and and if he's just there for defensive purpose because he's just straight legit, well then hey. But they should the Yankees should have just well, picked up the Yankees should have just picked up Puig then. Got him cheap. Have him they, play right field. They hey. thought about it. They thought about it, but well, for they, some reason, they're lagging, Puig, it. they're lagging it. Puig is still a free agent, but at the same time, with that small right port, you might just have a second base and play deep, and that's it, you know. But hey, I was gonna. I actually have a really interesting conversation about this, right? Uh, one of the big questions is how do you make baseball more exciting, right? They they try to change the balls up to make uh, to have the hitters hit more home runs to make it more exciting. Because the strikeouts are not exciting. Pitchers pitching a nine-inning, no-hit game. To, for some reason, fans don't like it. They don't like when there's no action with the baseball, with the bat, right? So mm -hmm. that's one thing they did. Obviously, they can't keep the same pace of home run, walk, or strikeout. They don't like it. So now, there's one thing about the shift that I don't like, right? I don't like the fact that every batter, lefty, righty, it doesn't matter. The point is... The, the shifts are so dramatic, and I think that's taken away from the excitement of the game. There's so many good hitters out there that hit it straight to a shift and have no Even if they hit a shot, a rocket, it's an out because of defensive playing. Now, I get that. I get the fact that, you know, you're trying to maximize your defense, right? But at the same time, if you're trying to make the game exciting, why are you allowing everyone to shift over to one side or the other of the field? Why? That makes no sense to me. Now... I had an idea, and obviously nobody's going to pay attention to me, but I have an idea. Why not keep the defenders in their position? So if you're a second baseman, you could only be from one point of second base to the first base side. 
you can shift wherever you want. If you're a second baseman, you could go into right field and you can stay on your side of second base, but you cannot move a third baseman over to second base and play second base with him. I believe it or not, when you start talking about this subject, because I thought about this before, and you and me literally have the same idea. I think there should be boundaries, right? Like, okay, let's take about, let's talk about, you were talking about the second base playing second base. Okay, now you have second base and you got first base playing on the same side, right? So there should be a boundary where the second baseman can only go so far to the right. Let's just say the second baseman cannot pass second base and go to the shortstop territory. He cannot go past that. And the second baseman cannot go into first baseman territory, which is at a certain boundary where first baseman should be able to cover that area. He cannot pass that anymore, right? Well, if, same thing if, for if the boundaries, let's say, let's say if the boundaries were made, right? And they're going to be right. like, well, well, you know, it's going to be hard to tell. Well, obviously, if it's only a second baseman and a first baseman that are able to be on the right side, right? Obviously, the second baseman is not going to play behind the first baseman. That wouldn't make no sense. So a boundary won't be needed, right? Right. Because you could it's... move the second baseman behind the first baseman, but that wouldn't make any sense. So a boundary would only be needed, say, up the middle, right? The second baseman can't cross over. The shortstop can't cross over. Um, and then, the, obviously, if you have a boundary there up the middle... Obviously, the third baseman is not going to cross over and play next to the shortstop unless they're really playing a lefty for pool, which that doesn't happen. But the point is, it still keeps it open, right? If a lefty's yeah, batting, if a lefty's batting and the right and the second baseman decides to play rover, but the third baseman stays on the third base side, if you hit it, if the lefty hits it up the middle, it's a base hit. So now you got to play it differently, right? You can't play rover anymore, and I think that's what would keep the. Uh, baseball active and alive i think that's what give bring excitement not all these shifts where you have four people that's insane have you you saw the one where they have four outfielders like that's yes. crazy mr i mean i like mr. it Reyes. i like it because of the stats right i like it defensively you're getting the best out of it they found a loop in the system and they allowed their players to move from third base to rover in right field at any given time a batter to batter it's not even inning per inning it's batter to batter they move these players all over the field and i get it they found a loophole but i think they should stop it for the excitement yeah. of baseball just for the excitement of baseball you get more offense production and believe it or not sometimes the shift works against you I've seen it so many times and um stat wise they say that it doesn't work all the time just once in a while because at the end of the day the pitcher needs to do his thing let's say if they're playing the lefty to pull Right, so you might they gotta throw it inside, or at least at least down the middle to the inside, where they can actually pull the ball. Now, if you throw it outside and the lefty goes with it, well, then that's a base hit all the way because you know, well, but see, but see, that's the thing about the uh, remember I told you about the home run strikeout or walk, right? Everybody's playing for pool with that new launch angle batting style, everyone's hitting home runs, everybody's going for the home run. That's just the style of hitting now, but it's because they're they're trying to hit the ball over the, the shifts. They're not trying to play the shifts because if they hit the ball on the line, line drive, what happens is there's a shift and the ball goes straight to someone. And that's what takes the fun away from baseball. Forget about what they do to the ball. Forget about that. For, you, have to, you need to think about what the hitters are thinking. And the only possible way to make sure it's not an out is to hit it over everyone's head. And that's the style of at bat that 
baseball players are going towards. Now, so you're saying to make this, to make baseball more fun, we need a DH all throughout baseball. We all need uh, to limit this insane shifting, right? Yeah. And uh, we also, which um, for some reason, I don't know exactly how it's going to pan out, but um, they're saying that they're doing something with the balls. Well, now, the balls the balls were messed with a couple years ago. Yes, All that right. was to I mean, make they, them They always more... do things, yeah. They always do things throughout baseball to try to change the way baseball is played. I mean, that's I think that's with every sport, right? They change right. the size of things. They, they do different things to try to make it better or try to make it safer for other players. You know, that's fine. But when you're starting to... When teams find loopholes in order to, you know, better their team defensively, like the shifts, it takes away from the excitement. Because as a baseball fan, not a baseball fan, I mean, not a team fan, as a baseball fan, you like the shifts. You see these things and it's like, oh, they're so, you know, you see a pitcher throw a curveball and you enjoy these things, the small things. But as a normal fan, baseball fan, you see a shift and out, 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 strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. Oh, home run. Cool. But it's just one run because nobody's on base. Like it, it's it's cool, but it's not exciting as a new baseball fan that's in their 30s and they've never seen a baseball game before and they go watch a game. They're not going to find it exciting. Well, OK. Now, the reason I brought up the baseball was because you said like a couple years ago, they changed it to all of a sudden home runs are coming out of crazy. Right. Yeah. But this time. I think they're putting it more for the pitcher's favor. So yes. So they, they might not have as much pop. Yes, and that's actually going to make it worse. If they don't stop the shifts, this is going to make it worse. Imagine yeah. no pop. Imagine no pop and they shift. <laughs> they ain't so, going to do nothing. Okay. They ain't going to be thing, no runs. Okay. My thing is this, okay? My thing is this. Now they are going because I, what, I don't know how many years in a row. A pitcher has had an ERA like under one, right? Yeah. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Under two. My bad. Under, under two. two. Yeah. Under two. So it's been like 1.7, 1.8, 1.9, very low twos, and it's been very consistent pitchers that's been doing that. Either either the same pitcher or some different pitcher every year. If they put down this baseball, and all of a sudden home runs go down, and the shift is still on. Do we all of a sudden see a pitcher that could probably end up with the ERA close to or maybe under one? Well, see, I think to answer that quickly, I think the only way you get that is this specific year. That's what I don't I'm think you get it. That's what, I thought, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, because, because I, I think it could happen. Yeah, because this year would be the first time that the batters would need to adjust. Let's say the home runs don't go. You, you hit a ball, a, a, a hitter hits the ball, and, and usually it's a home run, and it just falls short and it's an out. Now the batters are going to have to switch their home run approach into a line drive approach. And I don't know if you know this, but the trend of hitting a home run is so high that that it's going to be hard for a hitter to adjust their swing patterns just because the ball is taking effect that much. Now, as a pitcher, you're happy, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, but like I said, to keep baseball alive and to keep baseball growing, you need excitement. And what's more exciting, a strikeout or a home run? 
Stan being DH. It's a home run. <laughs> exactly. But you know, you get what I mean. If, yeah. As for a casual fan, for a casual fan, if you see a strikeout, you just see it as an out. You don't see the uh, the the work that the pitcher put in to get that strikeout. You don't see the different styles of speed that he mixed up, the different, you know, locations that he mixed up. You don't see that. And nowadays with these youngsters, Tatis Jr. being one of them, hitting a home run and doing all this swag and, and throwing the bat and flipping it and doing jumping jacks. I don't know. They do all kinds of stuff. That's exciting. That's what's exciting nowadays. So in order to keep that alive, I don't know how they're going to do it if they're making the ball heavier, heavier or whatever they're, where they're doing with the ball. But the point I, is, I mean, they're trying to. I think they did it already. I yeah, think I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they're using it in spring training. So I think spring training, if they are, then obviously spring training will give you uh, some side of preview um, to see what may or may not happen. Okay, um, let's let's rephrase this though, right? Because we're saying that it's gonna drop. Okay, I'm it's not it gonna is. drop off, but it's not gonna drop off well, dramatically. Yeah, not, not there's no home no, runs, no. right? So let's not scare is, people that there's not gonna be any home runs, right? right? But what I'm saying is because I mean today. The spring training games happened today, and I saw home runs. So, oh yeah, the home runs are gonna happen. But like I said, the only question, my question, my my original question, is since there's always been a pitcher with the ERA under two, could somebody be close to one? And if this if this ball prevents home runs, and all of a sudden a pitcher that gave up 15 home runs last year only gives up 10. That's a big difference for any pitcher. Five home runs oh, yeah. or less is a big because it could be a three-run home run. It could be a grand slam. It, it could be five solos. I mean, who knows? But it's five home runs is five home runs. It could all of a sudden somebody loses three games because they give up a home run late in the game and they got out and the team couldn't catch up. All of a sudden, it just it changes a lot. So all of a sudden, a, a reliever that or some type of closer for your team is vulnerable to the home run. All of a sudden. He becomes this un like this crazy closer because he's not giving the home runs like he used to. Who knows? Like we don't we don't really know. But me personally, I like pitching, so I want to see somebody try to get to like 1.3, you know, 1.2. Yeah, I don't I don't crazy. think it goes under one. I don't think it goes under one. Not for a starter. Not for a starter. Not for a season. I think it'll be crazy, but. I would like to see it, but, you know, we will see. If we see it, for sure it's history. Um, we'll never see it again. It's one of those, you know, records that get broken and you just it's going to be very hard for somebody to beat it. I would like to see it too, but I, I don't see it happening. I say maybe 1.5. If it's just, it's just got to be consistent. It's so hard to be consistent through a whole season in baseball. It's so hard, but, hey, it's possible. And if, if it could happen, it's going to happen this year. That's what I think. But um, anyways, <clears throat> we talked about the youngsters. We talked about these, uh, these um, what are they called, um, shifts. Let's move over to the NL Central and uh, one of the biggest trades that happened this offseason in Nolan Arenado with the Cardinals. Well, good thing for Nolan Renato, I'll tell you that much, because the Rockets were not going to do anything competitive this year, especially with the Padres and the Dodgers being in the same division. So now, at least he, if he goes to the Central, he has the opportunity to go to the playoffs, for sure. 
he didn't like Colorado. Um, Colorado, I don't know if he liked him or not, to be honest. I'm not really sure. But um, Well, a player like uh, Nolan, I'm I, pretty sure I the think, Rockies like them. I, I, I think talk about a win-win. That's the way I see it. The, the Cardinals just got a third baseman. Badass third baseman. You could argue third baseman. The best in, defensive in baseball. third baseman. The best defensive third baseman for sure. And uh, Nolan Arminato goes to a team that's going to make the playoffs. My pick, right? And I think it's going to be a good. Um, I think it's going to be good. Especially the fact that, um, you know, that he's going to be. Somewhere where he's not going to be disappointed. I think that's what it is, right? Because he well, was disappointment, disappointed. Disappointment, I don't think, has a factor. I think I think him being in an atmosphere that wants to win. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. The win. Because remember, remember, the really reason he signed this contract with the Rockies in the first place was because the Rockies told him, yeah, we're going to do whatever we can to win. And then they take the Dodgers to game 163. And then the next year, they did nothing to improve. The following year, they did nothing to improve. So they he, they technically lied to him. So do you understand what I'm talking about? So that's where that's where he's leaving, and just coming somewhere else. And they're like, they're going to St. Louis, right? St. Louis is a place where baseball is great. Championships are won. I think how many they got like 11. I think they probably have the second most championships other than the Yankees. And I think it's gonna be great. I, I think I think I think it's a good fit. Yeah, I think I like it too. I like it in the aspect of um, watching. Like I said, remember I told you, great players need to be seen in the playoffs and just in MLB in general, right? They need to be seen to make baseball great. And Nolan is one of the greats. Him being in the playoffs or having a chance to make the playoffs, it's it's a good thing. You know, there's a second player that the Cardinals get in a trade. From the National League West, right? First it was Paul Goldschmidt, and now it's Nolan Arenado. So imagine having Goldschmidt at first and Nolan at third. I mean, Nolan's. Remember, Nolan's stats offensively last year were garbage. Like he was not good. But I think a lot has to do with winning or losing. You know, it, it, it throws down the morale, right? So I think him coming over, it's just gonna bring new life to him because. You know, you have a winning atmosphere, not just in the organization, but the current team that they have now. Because, like you said, you have them pegged for uh, winning the division in the Central, and I do too. I think the Cardinals win that division. And there's a lot of, there's a lot. I think the National League West, I mean Central, is the weakest division in the National League. Um, I think the Cardinals have the better team, but don't count out the Cubs, right? Uh, even though the Cubs traded away you um, Darvish, they don't have. Um, I think. Is Lester still there, right? No, 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 Lester. Where did Lester go? Oh, did he go man. somewhere? Yeah, yeah. I, oh man, I can't think of the top of my head. He left somewhere. Well, we'll look it up right now. But Lester gone. They have Kyle Hendricks. Okay, Hendricks is their opening day starter. Now, I have nothing against Hendricks. He's a good pitcher, solid pitcher, but he's not an ace. So there, therefore, the Cubs don't have no ace. They just have pitching. So that kind of brings them down to second, third place in my eyes. And that's why I think the Cardinals win because they have Jack Flattery. They have, they brought um, uh, Carpenter back. I mean, Wainwright back. And um, I just think that veteran presence with Yachty coming back as well. I mean, I didn't see Yachty going anywhere else. 
But, um, you know, having him as a catcher with Nolan, Goldschmidt, man, DeJong, that was a beast. There's so many good players out there. Thomas, have you seen that that guy, Ian Thomas? Is it Ian Thomas? Whew, that was a player. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, I should look that up right now. John Lester went with the Nationals. He went to the Nationals. To so, the Nationals? Yes. Yeah, so I, I swear, I think I did see this, but I don't know why. Just listening to it again, it just baffles me. The Nationals? <laughs> so they have, they have Scherzer, they have Strasburg, they have Corbin, and now they have Lester. Hey, hey. That's not too bad. That's not too oh, bad. Well, that veteran well, presence. You know, we we talked about this last episode where I don't care. The Nationals are third. But let's go back and let's talk about this Central that's so weak. But somebody's got to win, right? And I do pick the Cardinals. Um, the Cubs, I don't know what they're doing. Um, but let's not forget Milwaukee either. Let's not forget Milwaukee because Milwaukee at the end of the day is the one that actually made it. And they played uh, the Dodgers, right? I remember they, they to be honest, I just remember. Um, they got some guys, pitching guys that can go in there. They still got Josh Hader. Um, their, their, bullpen is, their bullpen is beast. It's just for some reason Milwaukee for the last two, three years get guys and all of a sudden they're like, tremendous arms i don't know how they do it but they've been doing it and i don't want to count them out just yet um i i still believe though i still believe that the cardinals are going to win but i wouldn't count out milwaukee just yet i think if anybody's going to give the cardinals a run it will be milwaukee i think think the way they're set up i think the way they're set up uh bullpen wise Gives them a good shot to win a series in the playoffs, especially oh, yeah, early on in the series. Right. Um, I think if Yelich, I don't know if you remember, but Yelich last year, he didn't do that good as well. I mean, it could have been COVID-related reasons, maybe the stress of of what they had to do, protocols they had to do before the game and things like that. It affects mm-hmm. players in different ways, right? So I think I think their bullpen is stacked. Uh, Woodruff in their starting rotation, man, that was a beast too. That's what I'm saying. Um, so you know they have they have pieces that can that can compete for sure. And like you said, if the Cubs don't pick it up, I think the Cardinals win. But if the Cubs don't pick it up, you see them in third. You know, um, yeah. you know, I, if Baez is talking about he wants to stay in uh, a Cubby for for life, and he wants that extension, but um, you know, he's another shortstop that's going to free agent after this year, and yeah. the Cubs need to make a decision. They need to make a decision. Trading away you Darvish after the season he had last year, it, it kind of throws you a curveball, right? Like, what are they? What direction are they going in? Why would they trade a, a pitcher away that got second place in the Cy Young voting if mm. they know they need a pitcher like that in order to make it into the playoffs? Why would they do that? Maybe they will save some money for somebody coming up free agency. No, no, I maybe, get that. Maybe I get that. Maybe but they're like, in order to keep Baez, Contreras. And Rizzo, they need that money to get those three guys. Who knows? I get that, but you're Wrigley. You're at Wrigley Field. You're the Cubs. You're pushing for next free agency and making sure you don't make it to the playoffs this year. That makes no sense to me. Why would you not make it to the playoffs this year? Why would you trade away? I get, you know, trading away someone. Maybe they did do it, you know, to to free up the money. But you took a big chunk of percentage off your chances of making it into the playoffs by getting rid of you, Darvish. Well, let me put it this way. 
you know, at the end of the day, like we like we said, somebody's got to win the Central, right? And I believe me, you're both picking the Cardinals. Not only are we picking the Cardinals, is anybody from the Central? Okay, sorry. Obviously, if we go off base off last episode when we talked about that the Dodgers and Padres were picking the Braves and Mets, right? We got the two wire cards part taken. We got the East and we got the West. Now, obviously, only one team is going to win it from the Central, and we're saying the Cardinals. Are the Cardinals even going to be good enough to compete against the other four teams going to the playoffs? Well, let's not forget about the Reds. Yeah, but the Reds were that good because they had Trevor Bauer. And they just lost a big chunk of pitching. And, you know, what are they going to do after that? They Luis Castillo can't do everything by himself. Hey, I had Luis Castillo winning the Cy Young last year. I mean, he still he still did his thing, but you know he wasn't he wasn't close to what yes. Brown Bauer did. But I think that had a lot to do with you know there's a there's two different kinds of pitchers, right? There's a pitcher that can have a big spurt where they're just dominant, and then there's a pitcher that can do it for 162 games. Because remember, baseball is played at 162 games, and that's where you get to know who's your MVP and your Cy Young. By seeing a, a consistency throughout the whole the whole season, and I think somebody like Luke Castillo is one of those pitchers that can do it a whole season, and that, that's what I pegged them last year. But I mean, you know, Trevor Bauer and Darvish and all them, yeah. they had the the spurt of stardom for that for that whole season for 60 well, games. So. I mean, in my opinion, I don't think uh, I don't think the Reds or the Pirates. I think I think okay. the Reds' offense is good. I think they're legit. I think they actually have what it takes offensively to to be able to compete in the Central if if their starting pitching can hold their own. I don't like the fact that it's an if. That's all right. That's what it is. It's the if part. Well, yeah, it's a big if. If yeah, it wasn't an if, if, we would have them at the top, right? Yes, but since of it is a if, if it is since it is a if, you know, if they can manage to put some innings together and some quality starts. With that offense, I think they could compete in the central. Yeah, they're it look it looks like the Reds to me. The Reds are like two stars away. Now they could be rookies that are developing. They're two stars away. If their offense stays the same, they, they might lose that guy, but replace him with somebody else, whatever. But if they could get another two starters, somebody that they're gonna be healthy. I don't care if their ERA is like at three point five, it doesn't matter. They're three two stars away from really probably running away with the Central if the Cardinals and the Cubs and the Milwaukee stay at this course that they're at right now, at this talent level. Um, but, I mean, what is it going to take to win the Central? 80 games, 82 games maybe? You're probably going to be barely over 500, 86, you know, probably being the max. Um, I don't see – I don't see – It'll be a miracle if somebody reaches 90-plus wins unless, like, one of the teams just catches fire, like, big time. But other than that, it's not going to take you that many wins to win the Central. So there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be close, bunched up together. But I think I think that the Cardinals at the end of the day are going to be the ones that are going to gonna take it thanks to Colorado. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I think the Reds have a shot. Now, I'm, I know I am keep going with the Reds, but, you know, they maybe they are – away from like maybe one, two pitchers, like you said. But I think with Lise Castillo and Sonny Gray being there and, you know, being able to do what they do 
because I think they're consistent enough to do what they do. If the the offense, I think, is going to be there, I think they have a chance. I think they have a chance. Like okay. you said, Milwaukee has a chance. Yes. I think the Reds have a chance. I think the Cubs are the ones that are in danger of losing their position in second place because, like I said, we already pegged the, the Cardinals for first place, so we're keeping okay, them well, out of the let equation. Let me ask you this. Can and remember, we're win, talking can, about a wild card. We're talking yeah, about a wild card, by the way. It's not. It's not even a wild card because, like, one of them got to win the central. Yeah. After that, you're going to the work. If they, if the playoffs are exactly the same, they're going to play against the second best team, not the yeah. wild card team. So, based on what we think might happen, right? The Dodgers are going to play one of the wild card winners, which is either the Mets. Or the Padres, that's gonna be a badass series, right? That means the Cardinals are most likely going to play against the Braves. That's assuming everything that we predicted goes right. You know, when is somebody really one hundred percent right? But well, well, if the second place plays another wild card, is that how it works? No, 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 no. no. This it still is the same as 20, 2019, where the wild card team have one game elimination, then it becomes four teams. But the wild card always plays the best team in the league. And then the Central will play the two other division winners. Will play the um, the which, like I said, we predicted right. Will be uh, Braves and Cardinals. So it'll be oh, Braves yeah. Cardinals versus, that, versus Dodgers. Then that means the Reds, Milwaukee, the Cubs are fucked because yep, they're done. I actually they're done. think I actually think the Nationals are better than them. That's so, what I'm saying. So yeah, it's, I, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, they're, they're, they're yeah they're they're. If somebody's got to win the division, in order to go to the playoffs, you're going to have to win the division. Oh, yeah. Facts. Um, now, now, we go through all that. We're talking about Nolan and the disappointment. So, I got something for you. I got so something you. So, you mean it's time? You mean it's time? It's time. All right, guys. Listen. Guys, Pine Tar Nation, listen. We're going to create a little episode or a section, if you want to call it of a fantasy question or just a question that throws you off. And I have no idea what this question is. And uh, Ricky V has it today. So he's going to ask me that question. So go ahead. Do that. All Let's right. do it. I'm, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I need, I don't need a big debate, right? I don't need okay. a big old answer. Okay. All right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's All do right. it. All right. Here we go. What if I told you that the Colorado Rockies franchise should move from Colorado. You're you're asking, you're saying that the Colorado Rockies should move their organization into another city. Let okay. me let, let, let me explain to you why. Can you win a World Series without pitching? In my eyes, you can't know. Then, to ask me this, answer me this: When would the Colorado Rockies ever win a World Series? Hey, those are big facts. Hey, so okay. First off, where would you move them? Right, that's the first question. I, have I no haven't idea. even. I've I have never no even idea. thought about this. So okay. okay, I had an idea. Okay, this is me trying to be a running baseball, right? Okay, but let me before I say where we can move them to, let me just keep going just a little bit, okay? Let me just a little bit. Since they've been created, 
name me one legendary Rockies pitcher. Evaldo Jimenez. He that was, was good quick. for one year. That was quick. Hey, that hey, was one you said, year. Hey, but that's what you're talking about, right? A but pitcher, he's not a pitcher that pitcher for the Rockies. Okay, he's but not he was only there for but, one year. He was there for one year. But the point is, but but the point is, he that year he he destroyed shit. So okay, uh, okay. You're talking um, about a pitcher that was good enough to make it through the whole season with good ERA, with good stats. Okay, let me put it this way. Are they are pitcher. they ever going to build a statue of Abaldo Jimenez at Rocky Stadium? No, 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 no. no okay, he, I get then you. he's not a legend. Then he's not a legend. He's not a pitching legend at, at Rocky Stadium. But according to your your question, it's can the Rockies win a World Series and Evaldo's stats that year were good enough to win a World Series by himself? Not obviously not, but the okay. point is, okay, offensively, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Offensively, okay. the Rockies, offensively, the Rockies have always been good. Is it because yes. of Coors Field or not? Who knows? You know, I mean, we know, we know. Coors Field, obviously, Most offensively, is, is is not the best hitter's ballpark. I think um, Camden Yards and, and uh, Yankee Stadium were one of the top offensive parks. I think there's another one. I'm, I'm skipping it right now. I think... Um, Citizens Bank Park. I don't know. Anyways, so the Rock. I mean, fuck. That was a big curveball. So the Rockies are not good enough, and they're not going to be good enough pitching wise in order to win a World Series. Can they make it into the playoffs with just offense? And hopefully, they have a good run to win or even make it into the World Series. Can they? I think they can. But from what we've seen, from what I've seen, it's going to be very difficult. And and you're right. I mean. Asking that question and thinking about it now, the Rockies, to better themselves in baseball, it, it would be better for them to go somewhere else. Okay, let me ask you this. It would. Let me ask you this. When was the last time the Rockies signed a legit pitcher to the organization? Our free agency. Well, maybe it's not their fault, right? Maybe it's the pitcher's not wanting to go pitch over there. Exactly my point. Exactly my point. Nobody wants to go pitch. Dang, I just, I just hit my mic. <laughs> well, anyways, <laughs> my point is nobody wants to go pitch in Colorado. The only reason the Rockies have been good is because their prospects came out good. And how long has that lasted? Two, three years, and they dropped back down. Exactly what they're at right now. They were good. Remember that they took them to, they took the Dodgers to one sixty three. And they had a good year. They're like, oh, man, these pitches are good. What happened the next year? Done. What happened the next year? Done. What's going to happen this year? Done. Yeah, they were why, even why, talking why, about, why they were can't even they talking about um, being able to trade Hamar Marquez, you know, and he's a good pitcher. Yeah, he is John a good pitcher. Gray. John but Gray, the, he was another good pitcher. But the, the problem is they can't pitch half their starts in Colorado because they can't win there. They can't do it. My, but, my thing is not, it, only that, okay. not only that okay that, you can have prospects in your team that's fine you can have rookies in your team you can have homegrown talent in your team but that's never going to be enough you need to go get somebody one or two other pitchers but if but if nobody wants to go pitch in colorado how do you ever expect to compete against somebody like the dodgers that just got trevor bauer or somebody like the rockies i mean sorry sorry somebody, somebody like the padres that just got clevenger they just got uh, Blake Snell, they just got you Darvish, you know, they got all these guys like how, how do you expect to compete against Teams that are actually signing these pitchers 
And Colorado, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Colorado may or may not have made offers to these pitchers. Well, to be fair, but as far as I know, they traded for those pitchers like you, Darvish, Blake Snell. Well, yes, 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 yes. Now that is true. Okay, I think I think part of there's a couple things, right? Part of it could be that the organization is not pursuing the trade side, right? Because yeah, that's what I was about to say. Don't want to sign. If pitchers don't want to sign, you know, go for the trade market, right? There's plenty of pitchers out there that they can get in the trade market. Now, do the Rockies have enough prospects to trade for for these for these pitchers? I think they do. But now the question comes is the organization, maybe that's why Nolan left, right? Is the organization doing everything in their capabilities to make sure that they have enough pitching to complement their offense? And obviously the answer is no because they're they're letting their rookies go out there and destroy their careers because they can't pitch in Colorado. But then yeah. again, what if what if you sign you traded for a couple of these good pitchers and they succeed? Because remember, I know the ball spin is not the same in Colorado, but at the again, hitters ballpark when it comes to hitters ballpark, Colorado's not the number 1 hitters ballpark. So it's not that the offense is destroying these pitchers, is the fact that the pitchers are not are not being able to produce good pitch stats when it comes to pitching at Coors Field. Yeah, I mean, have there been good players, pitchers to pitch in Coors Field? Yes. I mean, Hidel Noma threw a no here there. You know, so, and I don't know. To me, what I've been seeing since the organization has been, has been around, if they're not able to get pitchers, either via free agency, even though they develop young stars, but they never pan out, they never develop, you're never going to win a World Series. And obviously, it it has to do with the field. Now, obviously, to make a change like that is going to be dramatic, right? We're talking about how how is Colorado going to announce they probably have a contract with the city. Like all, All that goes into it. Right, but let's just say the contract is over. They're like on they're deciding to stay in Colorado or go somewhere else. I'll vote. Get the hell out of there. Go somewhere else. Now I have two cities in mind. There's too many teams in California. And I think Texas has two. Right? Now this is a National League West team. Is you can't put them in the east. You can't put them unless you start moving so much. But if they're baseball selling, like, no, you need to pick somewhere on this side because, you know, we, you need to stay in the National League West. Now, they're probably going to change the city. They're probably going to change the name. They can't be the Colorado Rockies. They're not in the Rockies anymore, right? So, they have a couple. I have, Actually, I have three cities. Now, these are pretty, pretty hard. But we have uh, the Houston Astros in Houston, right? And then you have the Texas Rangers pretty much in Dallas. Why not think about San Antonio, right? It's a big city. Um, You have a basketball team there as well. Um, Why not put them in Las Vegas, right? You just opened um, the Las Vegas Raiders there. Why not put the Las Vegas gamblers? I don't know what they're going to be called. Um, Or... El Paso, which is another a city that will stay in that area, right? Because you don't want to put another team in California. That'd be another team in California. You already have enough teams in California. 
you might as well, cause if you're gonna get out of Colorado, you might as well go down and go towards Las Vegas, uh, San Antonio, and or El Paso. But I would pick Vegas first. But that's just me. You know, you know, I agree. I think Vegas is a good spot because Vegas is growing. Um, another city you didn't mention or another state you didn't mention is Arizona. I think Arizona is another good one because Arizona's growing as well. Now, Texas is good because Texas is a baseball state, you know, so I think that's yes. another good one. Uh, but I think you're right. I think it has to stay in Vegas. I think Arizona is not a bad pick somewhere in Arizona. You know, there's so many cities out there. It's growing. I think that's a good spot as well. But, you know, with all that said, talk about a fantasy question. It's crazy if it does happen. You know, and, and we'll be able to see what the circumstances after that, right? Like, are they going to be better? Are they going to be worse? Is, you know, Rocky fans, you know, are they profiting as well, right? Are the owners profiting? If they're profiting and they don't really care about winning, you know, that just goes to show what kind of owners they have, right? It could yeah, be the owner, it, it, I, right? I, okay, I'm a believer. How many teams, how many teams have not benefited from having a bad owner? Not saying that the Rockies owners are bad. I'm just saying it has happened before. So what if an ownership switch benefits the Rockies and and the organization? Maybe. Anyways, but, but that was a good question, guys. If you guys are listening, go on our Instagram, go on Facebook. You know, leave us a question of what you think or where the the Rockies should be located as a fantasy question, of course. You know where you guys think. It's appreciated. Leave some comments about that. And again, this is Pine Tar Nation. We're here with you in this episode. Next episode, hopefully you guys listen and stay with us. Ricky V, you got anything? Nah, not much. I mean, thank you for listening. And um, like I said, you can DM us at Pine Tar Nation, uh, Pine Tar Pod on Instagram. Uh, DM us anything you want. And we will see you next week. Yes, sir. See you guys next time. Peace.